Welcome to the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. My name is Andrew James Brown and I'm the minister of the Unitarian Church in Cambridge, UK. Knowing that full scope always eludes our grasp, that there is no finality of vision, that we have perceived nothing completely and that, therefore, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk, I hope that, on occasions, you'll find here a helpful liberal, religious and philosophical reflection that encourages you to journey through life, making footprints rather than blueprints. Welcome. Faith in a universal cooperative society. A short thought for the day offered to the Cambridge Unitarian Church as part of the Sunday service of mindful meditation. In my piece today, I'm going to continue to walk through the Japanese 20th century advocate of a creative free religion or spirituality, Imaoka Shinichiro's Creed of Life, by taking together statements 3, 4 and 5 about what he later calls a universal cooperative society. And you can find a link to the previous piece looking at his first and second statements at the links in the episode notes. But in order to do this in a fashion that might help his words seem to you at all persuasive and worthy of adopting, either as your own individual or perhaps as the collective statement of a community's centre of gravity, I need to begin by noting something that, at first sight, probably won't look like it's connected to them at all. In Ursula K. Le Guin's 2014 speech in acceptance of the National Book Foundation Medal for Distinguished Contribution to American Letters, she memorably said the following, We live in capitalism. Its power seems inescapable. So did the divine right of kings. Any human power can be resisted and changed by human beings. Resistance and change often begin in art and very often in our art, the art of words. Not surprisingly, as an important 20th and 21st century novelist, Le Guin truly knew the power of stories and how the art of words really can radically change not only how we see and understand the world, but also how we comport ourselves in the world. But key to this creative and transformative power is the ability to make these words form what we can call, borrowing from Plato's Timaeus, a likely account, an ikos logos, or a likely story, an ikos muthos, about how the world is and our place in it. In other words, for a story to be powerful and life and world-changing, for we who live in an age where the natural sciences have become so important... Our story, for it to be a likely one, must not contradict the empirical scientific evidence available to us, and it must also strike us as being ethically or morally true in some profound sense. Now once upon a time, to the majority of people in the British Isles, and indeed in many other places in the world, the divine right of kings seemed to be just such a likely story. But for all kinds of reasons, at a certain point it began to show up as being extremely unlikely. And now, today, we simply can no longer fully comprehend how on earth the divine right of kings could ever have been for people a likely story. Today, we live in a time when capitalism, 
especially in its neoliberal form, still appears to many, maybe even perhaps to the majority of people in our own European and North American culture, as being a likely story. But as neoliberal capitalism's sheer destructiveness to individual humans and human community, and of course to the entire ecosystem of planet Earth of which we are an integral part, it's becoming, for more and more of us, a less and less likely story. It's important at this point to note that a key element in the collapse of neoliberal capitalism as a likely story is, of course, the rapidly developing scientific awareness of the creative, intraactive nature of reality, where we are now beginning to understand that, from the largest thing imaginable to the smallest, everything really is connected with and interdependently related to everything else. But neoliberal capitalism doesn't, indeed can't, understand this, because it's driven by an extremely rapacious form of individualism which believes in humanity's radical independence and autonomy from the rest of the natural world, such that everything, but everything other than the self in question, becomes merely a resource to be brutally exploited and monetized. Now it is in this context of a rapidly collapsing old form of likely story that I think Imaoka Sensei's Creed of Life, or something very similar, begins to look and feel more and more like a new and persuasive likely story, at least for us. But we are not there yet, because the neoliberal capitalist mindset, which is still so dominant in our culture, looks at Imaoka Sensei's Creed, especially its third, fourth and fifth statements, and I'll read those in a moment, looks at them and laughingly mocks them, proclaiming them to be mere fantasy, a wholly unlikely story. But what happens when, as a culture, we slowly begin to awake to the fact that it's not Imaoka Sensei's creed which is the unlikely story, but neoliberal capitalism's story? One day... If, as a species we do, in fact wake up to this in time, one day our descendants will look upon neoliberal capitalism and shake their heads in utter disbelief that anyone could have believed its claims. Just as today we look back at the divine right of kings and shake our heads in utter disbelief. As you know, as far as I'm concerned, Imaoka Sensei's creed of life already strikes me as a likely story. It's the one I now live by as a free religious, free spiritual person. But my wager is that on one day soon, this will begin to strike increasing numbers of people as a genuinely likely story. One that we can all live by with both a clean heart and full belief. So here, to conclude today, are Imaoka Sensei's third, fourth and fifth statements. 3. I have faith in a cooperative society, both oneself and a neighbour, while each possessing a unique personality, are not things that exist in isolation. Because of this uniqueness, a true interdependence, true solidarity and true human love are established, and therein a cooperative society is realised. 4. I have faith in the trinity of self, neighbour 
and cooperative society. The self, neighbour and cooperative society, while each having a unique personality, are entirely one. Therefore, there's no differentiation of precedence or superiority-inferiority between them, and one always contains the other. 5. I have faith in the unity of life and nature. Life, which constitutes the trinity of self, neighbour and cooperative society, further unites with all things in the universe. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. So, farewell for now, and remember, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk. See you on the path. Mm-hmm.